You're listening to the midweek service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So good to see each and every one of you. So good to see all you that are connecting with us tonight that you took out of your day or out of your time. It's just such a joy, such a, such a wonderful thing to come. I, I love Wednesday nights because we share the word of God. It's pretty uh, laid back in one sense of the word. I tell you, I really got into worship tonight. Tonight was really good, I tell you. I like that song. I mean, like, I like all the songs. All the songs like she was telling me today, I said, well, I like every one of those, so we're good. You know, uh, it's funny because she always says, hey, I'm going to do this. And I say, hey, I really like that. And then I get here and she changes it all up. So tonight she stuck with it. So it was good. That's a you know, good thing. But I like to shout Jesus in my family. I like to declare the name of Jesus. Don't you like to do that? Hallelujah. I tell you, it's so cool. I mean, praise the Lord. Hey, if you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter four. Uh, I've been uh, just... I've been reading a lot of books. I read, always read a lot of books. I have, I'm a kind of an interesting person. I usually have you know three, four, five, six books open at the same time just because I, I, it helps me to finish them that way. If I just have one, it gets a little boring so for me and stuff. But anyways, uh, there's, there's a couple of books that I was just reading, and it, it was so interesting because uh, I was looking at one and one, and it's called Our Imagination. And uh, what, do we do? what do we do with our imagination? And boy, you know, our imagination can run wild. And, uh, and, and, I, and we, I've been reading it, and it's by another author, and, and uh, you know, printed recently. But then all of a sudden, I was sitting at my desk, and I thought, you know what? I think I have a, another book way back in the day, you know, I mean, way back in the day. It's, you know, I thought, somebody wrote that back in the 80s, and I went again looking through, and I got Lester Summerall's book out on imagination. And uh, it was really cool. It's a little book he wrote back in the early 80s, and uh, just on some things. And so it was just, and it was so funny, because when I read, and I read his whole book today, it wasn't too long, you know, not, not very many pages, probably 100 or so, but anyways, it, you know, you look at it. So but I read it all today, and I was looking at it, and just seeing it, and I thought, man, that guy plagiarized everything in here. <laughs> but you know, you can't plagiarize the truth. Did you know that? Did you know you can't plagiarize the truth? When something is truth, hallelujah, and you get a hold of it too, praise God. It's all good. You know, like, what, like in, in ministry, when we read things, we look at things, when you do it for the first time, you give credit to that person. When you do it for the second time, you say, somebody said. When you do it for the third time, you say, I said. It works good. It's all good. You just take ownership of it. If you don't take ownership of it, it doesn't bless you. So I want to share a little bit about on our imagination tonight. I want to share about our minds and, our, and about understanding how, to, how, to, how do we control that because most of us use our imagination in the wrong way. You know, we, we, we've allowed the enemy to, uh, to use that and to bombard us and we let our images and the imagination, and yet God created us with an imagination. God created us to have images and pictures. God created us so that we could imagine good things. Did you know that? And when you get born again, you become a new creature in Christ Jesus and your imagination becomes even greater. In fact, the older you get, you ought to have a better imagination now than you had when you were a little kid. Thank you for your overwhelming response. Now, see, 
I had an older brother and an older sister. My older sister is only three years older than me. My older brother is only two years older than me. But they thought they were so much older than me because I was the baby for seven years. And then my other two little brothers showed up. And uh, so, you know, I have a seven-year-old that he's seven years younger than me. Then I have another brother who's ten years younger than I am. So it's kind of like having two, two different families, even though I'm in the middle there. So they didn't really want to have anything to do with it. So I had this great imagination. So I, you know, enjoyed my own self. You know, most people have, when they grow up, they have this imaginary friend. I had imaginary cities, okay? I mean, I had all, I mean, I just, so when I got, you know, born again and loving Jesus, and then, you know, I always, my imagination has always been big. And that's probably been one of my greatest assets in my life is that I've always had an imagination that God's going to do something supernatural, even bigger than what I could even ask or think. You know, the Bible says that it it does that. But what happens to people is is that we've allowed what the thoughts of the enemy to come in. Amen? And you realize that's what the devil uses is he uses your imagination to defeat you. He uses your mind. That's the the battlefield. Our battlefield that the devil has with us is in our mind. He gets thoughts. And what did he come to Eve and say? Has God really said? Can you really trust God? Has God really said that? God knows that he's holding something back on you. See, God knows that if you eat this thing, you can look at the tree. It looks good. And, he, and if you look at it, it, it even tastes good. She hadn't tasted it yet, but she said it looked good. The Bible says it was pleasant to your eyes. And so she thought it would be good to eat. And she thought, and she her imagination, because what did the devil say? When you eat that, you're going to be like God. So she imagined being like God. Right? Right? And yet, we get born again. We get born again. We become new creatures in Christ Jesus. And God says, you get to become like me. And we have a hard time imagining that. The devil says, eat the apple or eat the fruit. And she's thinking, okay. And and it was all in her head. She hadn't tasted it. She, She looked, she saw, but she imagined it. Here in Ephesians chapter 4, let's get scripture so we can, I mean, I go off on it. Like I said, I've been just kind of thinking, because I don't know about you, but my imagination got so far expanded this past year, because God did all this stuff without telling me about it. And he got, gave us this building, gave us a million dollars in cash to do this building, enabled us to be able to pay and, and supplied the payment to pay for this whole thing for, for, forever and did everything. And he just, he's amazing. And he just, really what he just, you know, and I was just asking, I said, God, I mean, I've just wept over this. I've just tears of joy, but I've just been praying and been fellowshiping with him. And he's like, you know, you, you think so small. And I thought, what do you mean I think small? Because you heard somebody say, well, what if you got a million dollars? What would you do with it? And everybody has to kind of scramble. You ask me, you can ask me, ask me what I would do with a hundred million dollars and I can have it out and done in about 10 minutes. Where it's going to go, how it's going to be dispersed, who's going to get it, what we're going to do with it, and how God's going to increase the body of Christ. I can have it out and done. Maybe take a little longer than that because it take a little bit longer to type in, getting it sent and wired out, but I can do it. So you've actually thought about that? Oh, man, I have thought about that, written it down. And God said, I'm thinking too small. And I said, okay, we'll take a billion. That's okay. See, now we laugh. We look at that. But see, 
God challenged me in some things way back in the day. And he said, listen, here's what, you know, because if we're going to do what we need to do, and especially now, especially now, oh, if the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous, then we all need to have billions of dollars so we can have our own hospitals. We can have our own schools. We can have our own grocery stores. We can have our own everything. We can have our own Goshen. And this is going all out of it. We can. Why not? Not free from anything. We don't need anything else. See, we look at it and go, oh, yeah, now you're getting crazy, Pastor. I know. But he said I wasn't thinking big enough. Wasn't using my imagination big enough. My imagination is pretty big. <laughs> Amen. All right, let's get into the sermon. You guys ready? I got you all. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Look at verse 23. And I'm going to be reading out of the King James, good old King James tonight. And uh, so if you're going on with the New Living, it's got cool things too, but I'm going to read out of this because it just is something that I wanted to do. It says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. My heart tonight is to get you to stop imagining that things are going to get worse for you. You're a Christian. You're part of the body of Christ. The best is yet to come. The best is now. God's plan, his power, his miracles, it's now. Don't worry about it. Who cares what's going on in the earth? We got to get live Jesus. We got to get on this side of the coin. We got to get on this side of, the, of, of what we're doing. Amen? Hallelujah. God said, God's going to do miracle signs and wonders. He is. He's proven that to us already. He just started. He's just started showing off. I'm serious. God's just started showing off. The, you know, I love what Psalm says. You know what Psalm says? Psalms, I think it's in chapter 2 there. It says, he that sits in the heavens laughs. What a verse. You know, God's up there. He's laughing at everything. They're, they're, trying, they're trying to figure out how to manipulate the earth atmosphere and cause it to rain here and not rain. They're trying to zap this. They're trying to, they're trying to figure out how they can get everybody under control. They're trying to think. They think it's theirs. And God's going, I remember in Noah's day. These, they're just evil. They're just crazy. But glory to God. There's a, you know, thank God for Noah. And thank God for you and thank God for me. See, we are living at the greatest time to ever be alive on the face of the earth is right now. And if you don't believe that, if you don't look at your imagination that God has everything, he's going to finish this. So it says, how do I, well, how do I look? The future looks so bad. You, you know how you frame your future? By looking at your past. You set up, where's the memorial where God, hey, glory to God. That's when I got saved. Man, that's when I got filled with the Holy Spirit. Man, that's when that scripture came alive. Remember when we were believing God, didn't know what, and God came through and he did this. Remember when this person got sick and we prayed and God healed them, raised them up. God did this and God did that and God did this and God did that. Woo, what more is God going to do? I said, Pastor, you look crazy. You know what? I've expanded my imagination. And the reason being is because of what the word of God says. Now, look what he says. Let's keep reading. Y'all good? I'm just preaching. I'm having fun. We're going to have fun. If you're not good, I'm preaching me happy anyways. I was already happy before I got up here. Uh, And he be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Your mind's got a spirit. (laughs) Hallelujah. It's got to be should have a good one, okay? What that means is it's the attitude of your mind. It's understanding. That's why we got to renew our mind to the word of God so we can think different. Hallelujah. We've got to. Because what you need to understand, you will never receive from God if you don't get it on the inside first. 
If you think that the outward circumstances have to change before anything's going to change for your life, you are stuck. You're in trouble. You're big trouble. Big, big trouble. You've got to change, and you've got a picture on the inside. You've got to change what you're thinking. You've got to change what you're seeing. You've got to begin to change your whole outlook on life. You've got to change. You've got to look and see on the inside of you. What is God saying? What can, I can see this. You know, you've heard me make this little, it's a humorous statement where you got two little kids, two little boys, and, and they open up and they got a stall right there, and it's just a big giant pile of manure. I mean, it's horse manure. It's all, and, it's, and, and the one little kid's going, ew, ew, the other little kid just dives in. And he's just tearing that thing apart. And they're like, what's going on? He's di-. He said, listen, with this much manure, got to be a pony in here somewhere. <laughs> And if you got the attitude where, why well, I'm like, ooh, then you ain't going to get nothing. But if you're like, wow, look at there's got to be a pony in here somewhere. Let's find that sucker. You see, when they, so when we look at things, we have a whole different outlook. Because look at verse 24. He says, and you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Listen, when you get born again, listen, when we, we, we were not saved, we were sinners, there was nothing good in us. Now, when we were babies and when we grew up to the age of accountability, we had the life of God. But when we realized what sin was, we died. And the person after that needed to be born again. We needed to be born again. God wanted to show you what it is to be a new creature. You didn't have anything good in you. Don't let it, you know, that's the thing about it. People say, well, I did. A, no, no. When you got born again, glory to God. You know, <laughs> that's when we got everything Jesus has. Amen. We become new creatures in Christ Jesus. But how do we put that on? Listen, the way you put it on is there. And you know, when you got born again, your spirit's what became alive unto God. You didn't get a new mind. Now, what happened was, is your spirit took control of that. You didn't want to do something. When you did say things or do things, I, you know, that don't sound right. That don't, that don't, I don't feel right. I can't act like that anymore. That that's not the right way to be. Why? That's your spirit that's telling you, hey, you shouldn't be doing that. You know? Amen. You got born again, you stopped cussing or cursing and things didn't fit well. Amen. Amen. If you really truly got born again, you couldn't lie as good as you could. <laughs> you shouldn't lie at all, but some people, they, hey, <laughs> what do we mean by putting it on? You've got to change. That's why Peter, or Paul said this in Romans 12 too. He said, be not conformed to this world. Amen. Don't conform to the world in it, all of its stuff and everything's going on. Don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That word transform is the word metamorphosis, where we get our word metamorphosis, where it's the caterpillar changed into the butterfly. It's totally something different. It no longer has that mentality. See, we've allowed, and, and the reason that the imagination, we, we've allowed it to, to defeat us because it's what we can imagine. And believe it or not, it's only what you can imagine is what you receive. It's what you see in your heart, what you see. And you imagine doing these things. And imagine seeing it. I mean, you should imagine raising people from the dead. You should imagine laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. You should imagine saying, I want to meet this. And I want to give you know, thousands of dollars or millions of dollars. I want to give this. Into, I can imagine doing this. I, am, I see myself doing those things. I saw myself do this stuff. I'm seeing myself do this. And when you get that on the inside of you, it begins to burn on it and it changes your perspective. 
Because then you don't, you know, you just, what you see is God's moving, God's doing something. I put on this new man. Hallelujah. I put on this new man. Now look at verse 25. We're going to go down through here, and it's going to step on your toes. It's going to smack you right in the head, but that's okay. You know, it's just, it's just deal with it. Repent. Go on. Let's keep going. Don't, don't beat yourself up. God has a, say, wait, I, I see myself, you know, well and whole. I see myself strong. I see myself in that position. You've got to see yourself in it. You've got to get it on the inside. And it's not mind over matter or anything like that. It's getting the word of God, but it's believing that what God put in you, he wants to get out of you. Amen. Look at verse 25. He says, wherefore, put away lying. Every man speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. You know, that was a scripture I meditated on for years. Because I wanted to get that. I wanted to know how did Jesus sit down, premeditate, make a whip, and then get up and drive those suckers out of the house, out of the worship thing, making his house, you know, a house of prayer instead of a house of den of thieves. And he took a whip and he drove them out. And that word drove is not, would y'all leave, please? <laughs> no, he took the whip, went through there, upended tables. I mean, just tore the place up and didn't sin. Oh, I so want to know how to do that. Don't you just want to know how to do that? How to be angry and sin not. Hallelujah. You know, and so I said, well, Pastor, have you found that out yet? No. But and, no, I haven't. Not, not, not a full revelation of it. You know, then you get over to where Paul said, I've turned them over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh so that their soul will be saved in the day of judgment. I'm working on that one, too. Those are two scriptures I've just been meditating on for 40 some odd years. Not that any of you I've ever wanted to do that to, but, and I haven't. But anyway, it's, you know, it was just when I first started out, I thought, Lord, that scripture can apply to so-and-so. But no, be angry and sin. Now, I, I've learned this latter part of this verse. Don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. I've learned how not to go to bed angry. Angry at myself, angry at others, and especially not angry at God. And that's always, you know, and see, I sleep really, really well. I, I get up, I go, I don't have to have much sleep, but when I sleep, I sleep. I can be, I hit my head, bits the pillow, I'm gone. Because I never stop all day long. So if I stop, I go to sleep. If I actually sat down there for any length, any, any, if I really just sat there in 10 minutes, I'd be asleep. That's sad. But I like that because I, you know, I have a chair at home. I call it, it's, it's actually a lazy boy chair. It's really nice. I sit there and I read and I study when I want to. But also it has a sleeping demon in it too. So when I don't want to do things, bam, I'm out. Because I, I just do. I, my body rests. But here's the thing about it is, is that I've learned, man, I don't let anything stay in my mind that's going to frustrate me. Amen. And you need to learn that. Because you, if you don't ever rest, things are bad. All right. Now, look, look what else he said. Neither give place to the devil. If he said don't give him any place, means that we can give him any place. And the number one place we give him place is in our anger or in allowing things in our mouths with lying and, and, and not speaking the truth. Because we, we meet people and we go, oh, what did I say to him last time? How did I say this? But if you told the truth, you know what you said. <laughs> Thank you for your overwhelming response. So, Pastor, how does that have to do with our imagination? Because your imagination has been lying to you for years. 
If it's been telling you that you're not going to make it, if it's been telling you that, man, gosh, who do you think you are? If it's been telling you that all you see yourself barely getting along, if you don't see yourself prospering, if you don't see yourself healthy, if you don't see yourself strong, if you don't see yourself finishing this course and finishing your race, how to, like the apostle Paul said, I fought a good fight. Hallelujah. Glory. I've kept the faith and I finished my course. I finished my race. We're going to be finishers. We're going to get, if you don't see that, man, glory to God, it is so great to be alive. Anytime you look back and you think it was better back there than, than it is now, then you've lost your vision. You've lost, you've lost your, 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 your power. You've lost who you are. I don't care how old you are. You got a voice. You got a voice. Now our ministries change. They do. Can't do all the things we used to do. Amen. We do. We got to look at things and say, hey, I, I can't do this or can't. But you know what? God still gives it. Our race may be a little different than what it does, but God still got a race for us. Amen. And we've got to look at that. Hey, I'm going to finish and I'm going to finish strong. Amen. I see this so much because people always, they allow their imagination. They allow what they see on the inside of them. And see, believe it or not, what you see is what directs your life. It's out of the treasures of your heart. It's out of the abundance of the heart. You know, Paul wrote to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and he said, let this mind be in you, okay? Or let this, you have the mind of Christ is what it says there. And in Philippians, he told the Philippians, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery to be thought to be equal with God, but stripped himself, Amen. Have that same mind in you that, not that we're equal with God, but what it is, we have that same mind that God lives in me. The Spirit of God lives in me. Amen? That greater is He that lives in me. You know, when I get up here and I share, the church is the most powerful thing on the earth. That we're the most powerful, that we're, the, we're in charge. People go, Pastor, you know, God bless you. You know, the church, church is just a weak thing over here. People, they ain't going to do this. Listen. You know, once we get the, get the understanding that there's more of us than there is of them. Folks, let me just share with you. Say, well, there, there is it. Yes, there is because of the power that we have. Okay. But what we have to do is we have to stand up united, but we have to stand up in the power of the Holy Spirit. And it doesn't matter if there's more of them than there is of us. We got chariots of fire. We got angels. And we got the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. No. Hallelujah. You know, we're gonna, we're gonna, we are going to go out of this thing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So how does it mean neither give place to the devil? Listen, how do we give place to the devil? Well, we give place to the devil when we walk in fear. When we do things out of fear and not out of faith. The Bible says whatever's not of faith is sin. And that's what you have to ask. Can I do this in faith? Can I re- if I can't, I can't eat that in faith. If I can't do this in faith, if I can't do this believing that what I'm doing is the right thing, I can't do it. I don't ever let myself violate my conscience or violate my heart. I've done that before and it's cost me dearly. Not good. Amen? It's so important that we begin to see and to know. Let's keep reading. Let him that stole steal no more. 
kind of a great thing you have to tell Christians. But he did. He told that to the Ephesus. He said, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor with which is good that he may have to give to him that needs. Amen. God says he wants you to work so you can be a blessing and give. Then verse 29 says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Well, corrupt communication, we've always used that like swearing or cussing or things like that. Don't be talking like that, which we shouldn't. But corrupt communication is anything that's of doubt and unbelief, of fear, anything that's contrary to the word of God. Anything that's contrary, and you can't do that. Amen. That's all, Pastor. You got to renew your mind. You got to renew your mind so when you speak, out of your mouth comes rivers of good things. You know, remember what Jesus said? How can, how can good water and bitter water flow out of the same mountain? Or out of the same, you know, same thing? Or how to, and he says, how can this be you know, out of your same mouth? It's like, come on now, that ain't going to work. But we do that a lot. Then he said, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Then he says, and be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. We can forgive as God forgives. And forgiveness is one of the greatest things. Forgiveness is such an awesome thing. And forgiveness is for you. Doesn't matter whether you've ever been forgiven. Doesn't have anything to do with it. What, has to, what matters is if you've forgiven, then you're blessed. Thank you for your overwhelming response. But you don't know what they did. You don't know. Listen, no, but glory to God, they're not worth it. And forgiveness is not for them. It's for you. See, that's why. See, people talk about repentance. Well, I don't have to. Listen, repentance is the way out. Forgiveness is the way out of condemnation and guilt. Forgiveness brings power. See, people say, well, I want to have authority. I want to be in charge. It's like, yeah, but you don't understand how to get authority. See, the only way to get authority is to understand submission. You can never have authority unless you know how to submit. And when you understand submission and when you understand that you're submitted unto the Lord Jesus Christ, you're submitted unto the word of God, you're submitted, then it's easy for God to give you authority. Man, this is a great message going everywhere crazy. It's all over the place. That's what the imagination can do. It just takes you to this corner. Well, how many of you know your imagination can run over here? Wow. Move. Then it's like, hey, let's go back over here. Let's do this. You know, who knows? But (laughs) hallelujah. Glory to God. But God says we can forgive as Jesus forgives. Then he made this statement. Look at verse chapter 5, verse 1. You know, Paul didn't write this in chapters and verse. He wrote this as a letter. But we divided it. Then he says, be therefore followers of God as dear children. And then he made this most wonderful statement. Walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. What does it mean to walk in love? Walking in love means to tell the truth. Amen. Walking in love, hallelujah, means you stand for truth and righteousness. Walking in love doesn't mean you're a doormat. 
Thank you for your overwhelming response again. Hallelujah. But why is it so important? Because people thought about walking in love means I've got to walk in love. Yes, we have to walk in love in the sense that we've got to speak the truth. We've got to stand for the truth. But we've got to walk in love. Hallelujah. In endeavoring to say, you know what? Love endures. And it does. But love has an answer of truth to people and to help them and to encourage them. Amen? Hallelujah. I mean, Jesus... I think Jesus, he gave us the example. He walked in love, but he rebuked a bunch of Pharisees, called them a bunch of hypocrites, called them a bunch of whitewashed tombs, called them vipers. He said, you are of your father, the devil, y'all liars. <laughs> Hallelujah. And he never sinned. God bless him. Figuring that out there. Hallelujah. We, see, we, we don't do all that unless we get mad. <laughs> Because here's the thing, you know, if you understand, let's get back to the imagination. When you understand that your imagination is one of the biggest keys to you releasing the power of God's word in your life is believing that God's word will produce what it says it'll do. That God's spirit lives in me. That I do have chariots of fire if I needed it. I've got God's word, God's power. I've got God backing me up. Amen. God's on my side. Amen. I mean, that's what we look at this and we see this. Wow. Now, now why don't we do this? Because one of the biggest reasons is that our feelings are so strong. Amen. And if you don't think you have feelings, just get up in the middle of the night and hit your, and just hit your little toe on something. <laughs> you find out that you got feelings all through your body. You didn't realize, you didn't realize how, where it could hurt and how connected it is. So, you know, because, but here's the thing, feelings come and go depending upon what we're thinking on. Do you know that? Feelings are a direct byproduct of what you're thinking. What are you thinking? I mean, I always want to do this. I really wanted to do this. And uh, just, to, you know, you walk up and you can see people, you can see their faces and you can tell things are going on. And what you really want to go up to them and say, hey, can I ask you a question? Huh? What you're thinking on, does it bring life to you and praise unto God? What you just were thinking on, did it bring life to you and praise unto God? It stops them right in their, in their tracks. You know, most people don't even listen. You know, we you know did an example of this <laughs> is that uh, two guys, two people, two people, I'll just say two people who were being characters were at a camp meeting. And so they walked up. This is at a Kenneth Hagin Ministries camp meeting, you know, and uh, so they were walking through the hallways there and they decided, they said, watch this. They told me and this other person, watch this. We are going to walk up to these people and, and uh, you know, we're going to go say, how are you? And they're going to say, well, how are you? And we're going to say, we are depressed and suicidal and see what anybody says. <laughs> so we're walking behind them while they're in front of us. And I mean, hey, this is what happened. They walked up. But say, hey, 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 how are you doing? Oh, I'm depressed and suicidal and just walking. And so, and nobody said anything. But when they got around, we're watching when everybody comes around. They're all going, what did they say? What did they say? I mean, and of course, you know me, my laugh. You could hear it down the halls, okay? And everybody knows who, I mean, you could hear it on. If you're listening to an old tape from Brother Hagen from, you know, 1978 until 2003, you will hear a laugh on most of them because I only missed four of them in all of those years from 78 to 2003. I missed four 
winter Bibles and I think two camp meetings in those 30 years. So, uh, but you'll hear me laughing because I always fought for a front row seat. So, uh, anyways, so you'll hear my laugh. Besides that, even if I was up in the balcony, you still hear my laugh. Okay. But it was, it was so fun. I thought, oh my, because nobody's paying attention. Because words don't mean anything to anybody. But getting back to, is that bringing life to you and praise unto God? Because you need to ask yourself. Philippians chapter 4 said, think on these things. Whatsoever is pure, whatsoever is lovely, whatever is of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. You know, it talks about an honest report too. Well, that word virtue and that word praise simply means this. If it doesn't bring life to you and praise unto God, it's not fit for your thought life. So you need to ask it. So, well, well, I'm thinking about my job. Listen, that, that you better be thinking about that, especially if you're you know, working on anything that could kill you. You better be thinking about your job. That's bringing life to you. That's bringing your paycheck home. Amen. You're thinking about what you're doing and what you have to do. What I'm talking about is most people allow their imagination and their thoughts to run wild and to defeat them. Now, I don't know about you. How many of you ever in a dream, you were dreaming at night and you knew it was a dream and you said, this is dumb. I'm going to wake up. (laughs) Have you ever done that? I do that all the time because if if I'm in something that's not good, I wake up every single time because I don't dream bad things. I just get to no, that's stupid. I wake up. (laughs) I just wake up. Because I don't do that. I've tr- I just don't. If I don't. I don't have. So, so, well, what if God, listen, if God wants to tell me, he's not going to tell me a bad thing. He'll tell me a good thing. He doesn't use bad things to tell me things. He uses the word. He uses the spirit of God. And if it's a godly dream, I wake up and I know exactly what it means. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, and that's a cool thing. But I, so it says, well, how do you do that? I don't know how I do that. I just realize I don't want to be in this. This is not right. I don't have to be here. <laughs> So there's no sense ruining my sleep. Uh-uh, I don't let anything ruin my sleep. See, we look at these things and we allow the enemy and we allow our imagination to mess us up. Amen? You know, and God tells us where to think on the things that are pure and lovely. Because the devil's always trying to control our imagination or our thoughts. Amen? And, and it's time to stop. You're a new creature in Christ. You're a Christian. You're a child of God. We sing a song up here. I don't know if you, if the story isn't good, then the story isn't over. And so it says, well, that means you never have anything bad happen to you. You always have bad things. Bad things happen. Things happen. We live in the earth. We live in bad things. Things go crazy. Things happen. Amen? Things break. Things do. I mean, people get, everybody wants to blame the devil, you know, and, and, but there's just, we live in a cursed earth. Bad things are going to come, but you've got to understand the bad things that come are not coming from God. They're coming from the enemy or they're coming because the earth is cursed. Amen? The Bible says that only good and lovely and perfect things come down from God. Hallelujah. It just means, hey, we got obstacles. People think just because something bad happens that they must be doing something terrible. No. Hallelujah. God told us that we need to have a sound mind. He didn't give us a spirit of fear, but he gave us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. And he gave us an imagination to be able to receive something bigger and greater than ourselves. He gave us our imagination to help our faith. Amen. 
He gave us our imagination to help our faith. He gave us the power to transform our mind. He told us that we can put on the new man. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And we can do these things. And when we do that, God can begin to expand. Because folks, listen. We do need that. When I talked about Goshen and I talk about all the stuff that is happening, we need to understand the church is here and God wants to show that the world and everybody around how great he is through the church, through the true church. Those that love God, God's going to take care of you. No matter how long this goes on, no matter what, it doesn't matter. God's going to take care of you. God's going to bring it to pass. God's going to bring plenty of money to what we need to do. And, you know, and who knows if money's going to be the staple of what we our, our means of exchange. It's, who knows if we've got to do the barter. Who knows what we're going to have to do. But it doesn't matter. We are going to have sustainability because God's going to do it. He said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. God's going to do it. He's the one that's going to do it. We just got to get our thinking straightened out and get a bigger imagination. Why? Because God wants us to be so blessed that we can help others. He said, get do the job working so that you can help others. Amen. That we can actually sow and do and help so others can rise up and do things. Amen. And the wonderful thing about God is he gave us the word of God to straighten out our thinking. And he gave us the word of God to give us an imagination. Listen, you remember that after the days of Noah, then they had uh, all, all the stuff with the Tower of Babel. They were all had one language and, and one uh, um, you know, voice. They were all in one accord. And they started building the Tower of Babel. The reason it's called the Tower of Babel, they were building a tower because they wanted to build a tower big enough that if God floods the earth again, everybody has a place to run to. If you, hopefully you know that's why they built the tower because they, even though God said, I will never do that again, even that's what Moses wrote, but the people didn't know that. So that's why they did it and they were all with one voice and one accord and God said, there is nothing that they can't do. Whatever they imagine, they can do. First time imagine is used, and that word is used. And I can, they, whatever they imagine, they can do. And if a bunch of ungodly, crazy people, whatever they imagine they can do, what about spirit-filled, Holy Ghost people? We, we imagine, what can we do? Come on. Come on. I said, well, Pastor, you're just trying to get, I am, I'm trying you to dream big. I'm trying you to get believing, not just for yourself. If you're so blessed, for that's fine, but be a blessing. Amen. But get out and help. I'm trying to get you to say, you know, hey, glory to God. We got a situation here. Well, that's okay. I know, I know God. Let's fix this. God, what do we need to do here? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I got the mind of the Lord. What do we need to do? I got the Holy Spirit here. Show me, Holy Spirit, what do we need to do? How do we need to handle this? What do we need to do? Be like Daniel and say, hey, calm down, O king. Calm down. Just give me a few minutes. Tell me the dream and I'll tell you what it is. Calm down. Why are you, going to, why are you getting upset? Why are you going to kill us all? Stop. Just tell me and I'll tell you. It's okay. Oh, what are we going to do? What would calm down? We got the answer. Why? Because I'm here. So oh, you just cocky. I've been told that a lot. Well, who do you think you are? Well, I think I'm a child of God. And because I'm here, hallelujah, God's going to bless what we need to do here. Amen. Now, I was, you know, I used to, when doing things, I, I said, and I'm not bragging on me. I just actually believed this. I actually believed it. 
You know, when I, first time I was working and I had things and I'm working construction and they said, well, listen, we're going to have to, I'm working in Oklahoma. So it snows, it gets really cold. Everything. They said, well, we're going to have to, we're going to, you know, we won't work December, January, and February. I said, oh no, we're working. He said, well, no, no, it's not going to work. I said, oh, no, you know, because there was no unemployment, no things going on. I'm like, I got to work. I got a, I got a wife and a baby. We're working. He said, there's no jobs. I said, I'll find jobs. I said, I'm just telling you right now, because you got me. I'm with your company. We are going to work all through the winter because I need to work. He just looked at me and I went out and I got us a job. We remodeled a whole furniture store for three months and built it all together. Hallelujah, put things and did things. He just looked at me. He said, well, what else you got? I said, I got a lot of things. What else do you want to do here? I said, I'll be the best person you ever had as long as you don't mess me and do things. You know, he ended up going home, sitting home while I ran his nine-man crew. You know, I made him $3,500 a week so he could stay home until he did something stupid. And then I quit and he went bankrupt. And then he got real mad at me. <laughs> you know, but that wasn't my fault. He should. I told him, as long as you treat me right, everything's good. <laughs> Amen. The key is, is, and I'm not bragging on me. I just said, Lord, I need this. You show me. I didn't know what I was doing. I just went around and then knocked on every person's door in town and said, hey, what do you need fixed? And I think you need it now. <laughs> We look at this and we say, well, yeah, you just, no. The problem is, is that, whoa, we got to stop. It's eight o'clock. Hallelujah. <laughs> I ain't even got off the first page. I got four pages. No, didn't even do something, man. Got a little excited today, didn't I? But, you, and I'm not bragging on me. But when you believe that you can do, believe that God, he'll direct your steps. Amen. Amen? And we've got to start thinking about this. We've got to start thinking about what we're going to, and let God lead us because the enemy, the enemy's always trying to stop us. And you need to understand, renewing your mind is a lot more than just learning the word of God or learning things the word of God. Renewing your mind is changing. It's allowing the word of God to become you and you to get a hold of it so that you don't get upset when somebody says, oh, look what's going to happen. Well, praise God. God's got it. God knew this was going to happen even before I got here. It's okay. I'm going to guard my heart. I'm going to let God be God because where I set my mind is where I'm going to be controlling my life and I'm going to receive what God has. Amen? So we need to expand our imagination. Hallelujah. And this, this, this could be a great series, man. It could be. Hallelujah. Because... But here's the thing, what we believe, and when we expand it, we begin to take care of our thoughts, our thoughts will help our believing, and then our believing will help our talking, and that'll change the courses of our lives. Amen? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just, I kind of got the introduction done, but I got a little excited there, Lord, preaching and sharing, but I love you, and I praise you, and I just thank you, Lord, because I believe with all of my heart that we are going to be the, the generation that brings back the king. But we're also going to be the generation that God, the wealth of the wicked is going to be laid up for the righteous. We also are the generation where the glory and the power of God is going to be just like it was in the book of Acts, where even the shadow of Peter could fall upon those. And, and Father, where your hand and your purpose and your plan is going to be there. Father, supernaturally, super supernaturally, hallelujah, that you're going to show yourself mighty, mighty, 
Show yourself mighty. Father, I thank you for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. You're going to open the prison doors. You're going to set the captives free spiritually. Hallelujah. Mentally and emotionally. Father, you're going to open up and just bring life to them in Jesus' name. Oh, you are. You're such an amazing God, an amazing God. Hallelujah. And and it's not that we're going to go forth, Father. We're not going forth bragging on ourselves. We're bragging on you. We're bragging on you. We're trusting in you. Your hand is upon us. So you're going to make sure. You're going to make sure. Hallelujah. Oh, you're such a great God. You are such a great God. Lord, we just honor you and love you for it now. Thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, I've just shared with the body of Christ. And we just love them. Thank you for your amazing grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Harvest Bible Church in Stockton, California. If you live in the area, we would love to have you join us at one of our services on Sundays and Wednesdays. You can check us out at harvestbibleonline.org for location and times. We hope to see you soon. 